Hi, I'm Ewan Blakey, Senior Pastor of Oasis Church. I hope this message gives you hope and helps you take your next step on your Christian journey. We'd love to invite you to come and see us in person at 10 a.m. on Sundays or join us live every Sunday on YouTube. For more info, visit our website, oasischurchperth.com. Welcome to Oasis and a special welcome if you're new here today, if it's your first time. My name is Christine, for those of you who don't know me, and I've been here coming up seven years. I've been worshipping at Oasis Church, and it's been a very special place for me. And I have the privilege today of sharing the sermon, the last of our series, on break up with broken. I struggle with that topic. Do you? It's really hard to say. I find it quite, I get quite tongue-tied. So I want to begin... Um, because we've had a lot of talking, so I want to leap straight into it because um, there's a lot in this sermon and um, I don't want to tire you too much. But let me recap where we've been. In week one, Pastor Christie explored ungodly beliefs, which are beliefs that are formed in childhood from hurtful life experiences, such as traumas, negative experiences, hurts, words people say to us. These ungodly beliefs are contrary to God's word, nature and character, and are formed from the facts of our experiences. Examples include, I'm not good enough. Anyone putting their hand up? I am. I'm not smart, I am. I'm unlovable, I am. I'm a failure, God will never love me. They're just examples and there are many more. And last week, Colin talked about generational sin, which are weaknesses of tenden- and tenden- or tendencies that are handed down through the generations from parents or members of the family. These can involve behavioural patterns and ways of thinking that keep us trapped in the past, such as domestic violence, sexual abuse, addictions, and so many more. I want to say before I get further into this, what I'm saying today may touch some of your hearts. I want you to know that God's spirit is here. He's here and he's holding you in the palm of his hands, and his word says he will never leave or forsake you. But it's really important that we talk about these things because our God wants us set free from condemnation and sin. So today I have the privilege of talking about soul-spirit hurts. So all three of these areas, ungodly beliefs, generational sin and soul-spirit hurts are the sources of our problems. So before I get into the nitty-gritty of where I'm going, I'd like to pray. So please join me. Father God, I want to thank you for your presence here today. I want to thank you that your word says that you never leave or forsake us. So Father, as I share these words today, Father, I pray that you would take them by the power of your Holy Spirit and send them forth like a two-edged sword, Father, piercing our hearts and renewing our minds, Father, because Lord, we want to be set free and we want to be so in love and so captivated by you because you are our amazing God. So, Lord, we ask today that you would have your way with us in the mighty and precious name of Jesus. Well, 
I want you to just sit for a moment, close your eyes for a second. I'm a touchy-feely person, so don't freak out if you're a head person, okay? I'll give you some head stuff too. So, I want you to imagine, eyes closed, you are barefoot and you have just stepped on a nail. Ouch! The pain is excruciating. It's penetrating. Now, what are we going to do about that? If you remove the nail, it means more piercing pain. Would you remove the nail? Or would you ignore it to save the pain of extraction and possible infection? Do you know what? I think everyone in this room would make the same choice. It's obvious. When it comes to our physical health, of course we would remove the nail. You step on a nail, it hurts and you would remove it. But do you know something that's really interesting? When it comes to our emotional and spiritual wounds, most of us are guilty of burying them and allowing them to fester into full-blown bitterness, impacting on how we relate to God, ourselves and others. And that's where I'm heading today. So if you're a little bit sceptical about this, I just want to encourage you to sit back and listen and allow God to lead you in the path where he'd have you go. Because we do, we bury our wounds. And as we move on further, you'll find my story of how I buried my wounds. So let me, let's begin by defining what is the soul. Most of you may know this, but in case you don't, the soul... Um, which is your mind, will and emotions and is, the source, and is the source of your thoughts, decisions and feelings. And if you think of it this way, your thoughts impact your decisions and your feelings which then cause you to do those actions which you may not want to do but you have done because you've been driven by your thoughts and feelings which come from your soul. Soul spirit, um, sorry. When you experience or participate in negative things in life, imprints are left on your soul, producing soul hurts. These are open wounds and bruises which are carried and experienced within you. Like an infection in a wound, soul hurts can fester until a person is rendered unable to function effectively. Are you following me? I'm a little bit nervous with this sermon today, probably the most nervous I've ever been with a sermon, and namely because I'm having to talk about me and I'm having to face up to what's inside of me. So please bear with me if I stumble a little bit. Our spirit, as I said, it's soul spirit hurts, is the place where the heart of God resides and spiritual hurts are hurts that penetrate our spirit blocking and damaging our relationship with God. They are interconnected with soul hurts. So you've got spirit hurts and you've got soul hurts. The interesting thing is spirit and soul hurts begin in the family and they affect the entire person, causing restricted emotional and spiritual growth and ongoing vulnerability. They can handicap a person's inner potential just as a debilitating disease can impact our body. 
You see, a hurt goes in, someone upsets us and we think, I'm going to block it, that's the end of it. But it goes deeper and deeper and it impacts our entire body. Situations that cause soul-spirit hurts include grief and loss, death of a loved one or a close friend, divorce, separation, suicide, trauma, assaults, war, all forms of abuse, physical, emotional, psychological, betrayal, abandonment, rejection, slander, false accusations, and one that we don't think about, gossip. Gossip cause soul-spirit hurts. And we do that a lot as people and as Christians. It's something God tells us that we need to be truthful in relationships and not gossip. We all carry some level of wounding impacting our emotional, psychological, physical and spiritual well-being. What we need to remember is that that, that experience, if they are not addressed they are going to impact our soul and spirit because they can cause lies and ungodly beliefs. They can cause shame. Hurts cause restricted growth. Hurts cause us to become defensive and wear masks. Have you ever worn a mask? I have. I have. I retreat into myself sometimes. Hurts cause anger and disappointment with God. Have you ever thought, where is God? Why didn't he fix this? Hurts cause blocked emotions. We push them inside and then unexpectedly they come out again and we don't know why. Hurts affect our relationship with God and our capacity to flourish as a Christian. Hurts are a challenge. Being preoccupied with wounds keeps us inly... inly I'm tongue-tied today. Keeps us inwardly focused in a repetitive, turbulent, negative speaking cycle. Rather than fully account encountering God and receiving all the blessings he has for us, we remain caught up in our ongoing pain and misconceptions, which impact again our relationship with ourselves, God and others. So I want you to look at PowerPoint 1, which says, Luke 4, 18, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. And that's not physically blind, that's blind about our emotions, our feelings, our pain. It's all of that. And to set at liberty those who are oppressed. God wants to heal us. That's what he came for. He wants reconciliation and he wants healing. And Psalm 23, my favourite psalm, verse 3 says, He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sakes. He longs to be closer to us. And in Isaiah 43, 1, 2, it says, Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you, each and every one of you in this room. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through those waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. Not shall the flame scorch you. And in Isaiah 42:16, it says, 
I will lead the blind by a road they do not know. My paths they have not known. I will guide them. I will turn the darkness before them into life, the rough places into level ground. These are the things I will do because I will not forsake you. I am your God. You see, God wants us to be healed. He's drawing us into his presence. But we have to throw off the old and embrace the new. It's an ongoing process, but we must begin And inner healing begins by inviting Jesus into our negative memories and experiences and by continuing to keep short accounts with God through our journey here on earth. As we throw off our garments and our hurt and our pain, we enter into the fullness of Christ. For me, one of the most beautiful descriptions of this is found in Paul's prayer in Ephesians. I just, I'm in love with the book of Ephesians and and I love Romans. But Ephesians has been God's healing place for me. Ephesians 3.14.9 says, For this reason I kneel before the Father from whom every father in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with the power through his spirit in inner healing so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray, being rooted and established in love, you may have the power together with all the whole of the Lord's holy, the Lord's holy people, and this is it: to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to know His love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of His fullness. Can you imagine being filled to the fullness of Christ? What an amazing gift. He longs for us to go deeper and deeper and deeper into his presence. My favourite part of that prayer is him asking that we may have, be able to grasp the fullness of love, for then we are filled with the fullness of Christ. Being set free from our soul hurts is not about feeling good about ourselves. And I want to repeat that. Being set free from our soul hurts is not about feeling good about ourselves, but it's going deeper into the amazing love of God demonstrated through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. A byproduct is about feeling good about ourselves. But you know, the centre of it is Christ and his death and resurrection and the sacrifice that he made for us on the cross. I'd like to share a story with you now about my experiences of soul hurts and um, spirit hurts. I grew up, hang on, got to have a drink of water. I grew up in a non-Christian family impacted by World War II. Our home and our relationships were full of hidden soul wounds such as war, Trauma, abandonment, grief and loss. When my mother was 40, she unexpectedly became pregnant. At the time, she had an eight-year-old daughter and a six-year-old son and a husband who suffered from severe post-traumatic stress disorder. 
He'd been up in New Guinea and it had been a very challenging, painful time for him. My mum did, wa- did not want another child and as a result, I grew up with a sense of not being wanted, not being good enough and I was expected to be seen and not ha- heard Due to my father's post-traumatic stress disorder, quiet was required in the house and I needed to be quiet so as not to trigger a reaction. When I was 10 years old, I was sexually abused. I was too afraid to tell anyone, so I kept it quiet for the next 30 years. Over the years, these painful hurts disappeared within me but they unconsciously impacted my behaviours and thoughts about myself and others. After getting married and becoming a nurse, Ken, my husband and I moved to Western Australia so that I could do midwifery training. My confidence was growing as the man I had married was very caring and supportive. When I was 24 years old, My father took his life due to the war trauma. It was a long journey. It rocked my life. It rocked my world. And it took me many, many years to come to terms with the tragedy of his death. When our second child was born, Ken and I moved to Curry Curry in Maitland, then to Kingaroy in Queensland 12 months later. It was here in Kingaroy in Queensland that I met Jesus Christ, and Ken and I began attending a church. On returning to Perth four years later, I began to recall memories from my past as I pushed deeper and deeper into God. And it was in the following years that I received deliverance, inner healing for my soul and spirit hurts and ungodly beliefs. I am grateful for my life and the journey that I've had. It's been painful And the devil tries to sneak back in every now and again. But my God is great. As a a Christian, my journey was full of mountains, beautiful mountains, valleys that were beautiful but painful, and deserts. But But in each place, I have encountered God in deeper and different ways. You know, I'm not a victim of soul, spirit, hurts. I am a conqueror in Christ Jesus. He is my safe place and refuge and he has promised never to leave or forsake me. Never to leave me. And if you're here in this room, that goes for you. Everyone... Oh, so I want to start off with, so what is inner healing? It's a process that engages the use of prayer, forgiveness, repentance and rejection of lies, replacing them with truth in the processing of painful memories to bring about emotional and spiritual healing so that the entire individual might be renewed and is restored to the image of God. And that's what we're wanting. We want to be restored to the image of God. Everyone needs inner healing because everyone has been hurt. There's not one person in this room. You might want to pretend you've not been, but every one of us has been hurt in this lifetime in some way. 
unless you process your hurts quickly and properly, you will end up having pain that gets locked into your memories. Even if you forget it's there, it's still there and it will come up when you least expect. It might come up 30 years later like it did for me. But what a blessing that it did come up because it gave me the opportunity to move out of darkness into light. Soul hurts not only hinder our earthly relationships, but they hinder our relationship with God. They stop us loving God and others as we should. You can think that God is loving, and I've got to go slow with this because this is a really important statement, especially for people who are slightly academic, which I have a tendency to be at certain times. You can think that God is loving and know the theology... But actually, deep down, if you actually unconsciously believe something else, you act out of that instead. Do you know what I'm trying to say? You believe in your head that God is kind and gentle and wonderful and he's taking care of me. But your actions are not demonstrating that because deep down you're not actually believing it. So I can learn the theology, I can go to church, but unless I receive that into my heart, I don't move forward. I'm stuck. I'm stuck in that place of pain and hurt. PowerPoint 3, Hebrews 12, 15 says, See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. So when we don't go deeper and release, we get bitter roots that impact our relationships, our marriages. Many, I worked as a marriage therapist. Many marriages are impacted, as Val will testify, to core hurts, to bitter roots. Marriages can go longer if we do our work down deeper. And 2 Corinthians 7.1, because you have these promises, dear friends, let us cleanse ourselves from everything that defiles our body and spirit. Let us, let us work towards complete holiness because we fear God. I'm just going to now go into some brief little ideas about what um, inner healing is. So in order to get free, we need to get to the root the root of the issue, as many of the things that keep us in bondage are hidden deep inside our hearts, as I've said. We struggle maybe with anxiety, fear, anger and other negative emotions, but we are at a complete loss as to why they are there in the first place. Before we can truly be set free, there's something we need to do. We need to have our eyes opened to see the root of the problem. And what we do is we ask God and ask him to show us. Secondly, God has built spiritual and physical laws into his creation. They apply to our lives whether we're aware of them or not. And love is the essential ingredient that fulfills all of these lies. And by aligning ourselves with the tools of love such as forgiveness, mercy, and grace and applying them to our root issues, these roots, these wounds begin to lose their power. The damaging effect that they've had on our lives subsides. That which was out of rhythm with God's perfect design is removed. 
And thirdly, the other major context is the cross was the final victory over sin and death. Victory was and always will be there for the taking, yet sin and death are still hard at work to keep us from truly experiencing the freedom that Christ has brought us. By healing the areas of our heart that have not yet come to agreement with the truth, we experience true freedom that God intends us to have. We can now experience victory and, and lift the illusion of defeat. This is pretty full on, guys, but I really believe it's important that we get to the heart of it. So what I've been saying is all three of these elements sum up inner healing. It's an ongoing process where we are continually putting the hurts which impact us from day to day and putting on the love of God through acceptance, forgiveness, acceptance, acceptance, forgiveness and commitment to God who is the lover of our souls. So I want to move over now. I've talked a little about inner healing and what's inside. I want to move over to um, some quick things on application that go with that area. Um, I've got a bit of a cold, so I get a bit thirsty. Hang on. Okay. I'd like to wind up by talking about some strategies. The first thing that I think, so we've talked about inner healing and we need to recognise the obstacles in our life. But the next important thing is, and I want to really emphasise this, because often we do recognise the obstacles in our lives. But what do we do? We shove them down again. We have to resolve to do something. And I want to tell you out of experience, that is probably one of the most scariest things I had to do in my life, was to resolve to do something. We need to take action. When you're captivated by those hurts inside or someone said something awful to you, it's easier to get on your bike, run away, right away, do whatever, rather than saying I'm sorry, rather than coming back and offering a gift of love back to that person, the person who's hurt you or you've hurt them. But as Christians, that's what God calls us to do. He wants us to move further into his likeness. We are the example of Christ's heart, this church. As we go out, it will be our heart that will bring conversions, not our deeds. Our deeds come out of our hearts. So recognising the obstacles in our life and resolving to do something. Seek out ministry where you can receive deliverance, healing for unbelief, soul hurts. Inner healing techniques by inviting Jesus into your hurts and allowing him to minister to you. Sometimes it's good to go to someone for inner healing ministry to begin with and you learn the techniques from there and then you can do your day to, use that in your day-to-day -day life in resolving those little pains that come which can fester into full-blown things. Another important thing, and I say this because you're not going to remember everything I say, you need to forgive yourself as a little girl of 10 years old, I carried for 30 years, it was my fault. It was my fault. Shame. I carried it. You need to forgive yourself. 
And even if you are part of it, you still need to forgive yourself and forgive others. Keep short accounts. Receive God's love and forgiveness. We often find that difficult, but receive his love and forgiveness. Don't be afraid to cry out and cry and let your emotions out. For some of us, we hold them so tight, we think we've got to be stoic. But God doesn't want us to be stoic. He's made emotions for a reason. And men, you are allowed to cry. You are allowed to share your emotions with your partner. They're longing to hear them. you share your emotions. It's part of releasing that pain as you join deeper in relationship, sharing that pain that's underneath. We need to grow our confidence in God by renewing our mind in God's word. This breaks down barriers and softens our hearts. It's a little bit like a dripping bucket. You imagine you've got a bucket and you've got a tap on top and you turn the tap on and it's just dripping. And if each drip of that is a drip of God's love that's falling into the bucket and I read the Bible or I meditate one day a week, I've got two drips to last me for the rest of the week. I start becoming more regular, taking God out with me, having lunch with him, connecting with him. The drips are falling more and more in my bucket as I get to know who God is until my bucket becomes full and overflowing. Can you imagine how different you would be feeling if there was that much love in your bucket around God? It's amazing. It's, it really is amazing. It's, it's something to think about. We need to fill our buckets. Knowing the true nature of our Heavenly Father will help us to trust him. And trust is a big issue for all of us that are wounded. It, it helps us to trust him and open up ourselves so that we can receive the healing that only the Holy Spirit can do. So I've said reading scriptures regularly, reflecting and meditating on scriptures, which you can find out more about, but it's very powerful. It's like a soaking of God's word into your heart. Getting to know God's character and exploring the names and meanings of God may sound strange, but it's a really, really key thing, I believe, in healing and meditating on his love and promises to you. Heard impacts on our ability to hear God. When we're hurt, we're off centre. We're way off centre. And um, we don't hear God the way we usually hear him. So I said, hurt impacts God, impacts our ability to hear God. And when hurt becomes the lens from which we hear and see, we we don't hear clearly. So imagine... We've got our God glasses on and we become hurt. It's like with my glasses, if I walk out into the fog, my glasses become fogged and I don't see clearly. And so hurts do that very same thing to us. We don't see clearly. We fail to see the other person's perspective clearly because our perspective of God is also covered. Am I making sense? Our lenses are really important because when our lenses become blurred by a heart, by a hurt, it's like those ungodly beliefs start to sneak in. So 
I'm going to read that again. Hurt impacts directly on our ability to hear God and when hurt becomes the lens from which we hear and see, we don't hear and see clearly. You, you see, God and how you think he sees you is reflected in how you see yourself. And I think that's really important. How we see through our lenses is how we see ourselves, how we see God. That's why scripture is so important. And I'm going to ask you a quick little question. Right now, what's God saying to you? What's he saying to you? And secondly, what's he saying about you? He's here and he's wanting to connect. What's he saying about you? In Ephesians 1.8, God says, you're his inheritance. In 2 Corinthians 6.18, he, he says, you are his sons and his daughters. In 1 Thessalonians 5.5, he says, you are my children of light. In Romans 8.17, he says, you are heirs of God. And Colossians 3.12 you, each and every one of you in this room, are chosen. 2 Corinthians 11.12, he says, you are the bride of Christ. And in 1 Peter 2.29, he says, you are all my royal priesthood. And in Revelation 3.21, he says, you are victorious. You are victorious. And Colossians 3, 12, you are dearly loved. Realising our identity in Christ is absolutely vital to our healing process. We need to know that we are a new creation in Christ, freed from the darkness of our past, forgiven of our sins and freedom from healing are ours for the taking because of the blood of Jesus Christ. We are loved by God not because of what we've done or what we're doing, but because of who we are. The Bible tells us that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. He longed to have a relationship with each and every one of us even before we became his child. And again, Romans 5.8, but God com commended his love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I'd like to finish up by sharing a poem if the musicians can begin to come up. This is a poem that touched my heart 30 years ago. And um, I want to share it with you because I think it's a very powerful poem. It goes like this. It's by Russell Keffler. 
You are who you are for a reason. You're part of an intricate plan. You're a precious and perfect, unique design. You're called God's special person. You look like you for a reason. Our God made no mistake. He knit you to be together within the womb. You're just what he wanted to make. The parents you had were the ones he chose. Ouch. And no matter how you feel, they are custom designed with God's plan in mind and they bear the master's seal. No, that trauma that you faced was not easy and God wept that it hurt you so, but it was not but it was allowed to shape your heart so that into his likeness you would grow. You are who you are for a reason. You were formed by the master's rod. You are who you are, beloved, because there is a God. And maybe you're sitting out there right now and God is touching you through this sermon and you're a little bit afraid but he's calling you he's putting out the palm of his hand and he's saying I want to release you from that hurt and pain I want to know you more I want to hold you in my arms more deeply he's saying come come 